Hey, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site ministry. We've got a special guest returning with us today uh, who's been here before. So we're so glad to have you back, Vince Parker from Life Church. But before we have Vince introduce himself, uh, let me share with you a little bit of the vision and the heart behind what we do here at Multi Multi. The vision of this podcast is to equip churches who are entering into or already have multi-site student ministry. We just hope to share what we've been learning. We've certainly made mistakes. We are not perfect. We're just trying to figure it out and have conversations with others who are in the multi-site trenches with us like Vince. Uh, Vince, share just a little bit about uh, Life Church and just what you got going on there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here with you guys. It's an honor. Uh, like you said, my name is Vince. I am the central ministry leader of Switch, the youth ministry of Life Church. Uh, if you're not familiar with Life Church, we are one church, multiple locations, uh, currently in 11 different states, about to launch our 36th location coming up towards the end of this year. So really excited about that. And to say the least, 2020 has been a very unique and fun year. And so we've basically, I've been spending most of my time, what I like to say, rewriting and rediscovering what it means to do student ministry. Uh, you know, early on, people thought, man, maybe we'll go back to normal, but it's pretty apparent that that's not going to happen. And so, man, we've just been really discovering what it looks like to do youth ministry in a unique, fun, experiencing way where you can reach students in all walks of life in all places. Vince, for you and your team, just across your campuses, uh, what have you what have you seen happen? What has it been like uh, for you guys over at Life Church? Oh, it's it's been fun, but it's been a bit crazy. Um, one of the unique things that we first saw when this went down is we, like most people, we just hopped on and was like, let's go a thousand percent digital. Let's do all the things. Let's exist on all the channels. Let's uh post every time we can let's host parties let's host movie watching parties let's be on zoom google hangout tiktok snapchat instagram and we went crazy and just like most people we discovered that hey you just can't pop on someplace and think that everyone's going to come over and join you and so what we had to realize is hey we weren't simply moving into a new building we were actually church planning in a whole new country and so we had to drastically change our approach to what we were doing. And so we begin to realize, hey, this isn't simply just taking a service how we used to do it and putting it on YouTube, but literally we had to figure out how do we engage students the same way we'd engage them if they walked through our doors. We had to figure out, hey, how do we turn on Instagram? How do we turn comments into conversations? Like how do we treat this as if someone was actually in real life in person? Because for teenagers, for Gen Z, that's actually how they treat the digital space. Um, I don't know if the listeners out there have kids or not, but if you've ever seen someone uh, have kids, they'll be playing Fortnite in the room and you'll come home and your wife might be like, hey, what's going on? Where's little Johnny at? And they'll be like, oh, he's in their room playing with his friends. And you'll go in there and you'll look around and you'll be like, well, where's his friends at? And he's like, dad, they're right here. And they'll point to his headphones and be like, yeah, we're playing Fortnite. And you'll hear him talk, you hear him have a conversation. It's a different world. For Gen Z, for teenagers, online digital is as real as physically being space to space with someone face to face. And so we literally had to change the way we were doing things because yeah, it made sense when you were 92% physically in person and then posting a lot of fun memes and things like that 
on Instagram or doing TikTok challenges or whatever it may be. But it's way different when you only exist in one space. We had to take that and change it completely. That's really interesting, Vince. The my ten-year-old uh, uh, son, we realized that like Xbox Live became the way he was connecting with his friends when that social experience of school got removed from the routine of his life. And it was really fascinating to see, even at ten, okay, this is where he is connecting with his friends and his peers. And how do we how do we embrace this? Because we're trying to be mindful of okay, how, how many hours a day can he be on the Xbox too? But that's also the place he's having a social experience. So it's this whole new territory, I think, for anyone who's connected to Gen Z, either in student ministry or you're you're a parent. Uh, when you think about your staff team and the ministry model that was in place uh, pre-March 2020, um, what's different today than was and what's changed for you in terms of how the staff functions kind of from before COVID to right now, kind of in the middle of it? Yeah, we had to uh, reassess the roles they were doing. So obviously our staff was designed for people when they came into the building. And they meet. And so for a few months there, we weren't meeting in person. No one really was. And so during that time, we had our youth team. They were hosting weekly Zoom calls. They were doing IG lives on their personal accounts. They were doing all the fun things out there. But we knew one day we would be back in the building. So how can we set them up for long term success? Because what we didn't want to do is like a hybrid model. We actually wanted our student ministry to feel like one smooth, seamless thing. In other words, we didn't want to feel like, hey, there was an online audience and an in-person audience. It was like, no, if you're a part of Life Church Youth, you're a part of Switch, whether it's online or in person. So, for instance, one of my youth pastors down in Fort Worth is also our uh, Twitch youth pastor. So while he operates in person at his campus and helps make that happen, you can find him three to four days a week on Twitch hosting live streams. You can find him doing Bible studies while they're playing video games. You can find him doing that. And the way he's able to make that happen is because he leads that through a set of volunteers, right? So we've got adult volunteers and student volunteers who have stepped in to kind of help make those things happen. So we basically took the same format of what we did in person, but applied it to real on the digital space. So that's the same thing that exists for we actually started a student service using our church online platform. We call it Switch Online. And so we now host five services a week using that platform. So we basically got one of our associate youth pastors from one of our locations. And we said, hey, man, your responsibility is going to be our student online pastor. And what do they do is they host the volunteers. They do the training. They do the resourcing. And they connect even the kids into small groups that happen. So we grabbed another youth pastor and said, hey. We'd love for you to be able to help make these small groups happen. So, yes, for a while there and even in some cases still, people are dual rolling it because at every location we have right now, we're actually meeting back in person. Vince, that reminds me, I was talking with in a previous episode, Tyler Bryan, he's a student pastor, and he said something like, um, online ministry is real ministry. And I said this a few times, like as a parent myself of um, a teenager, like, he's on Xbox and discord often. And sometimes we forget that that is a place of belonging. That is a place of community. Um, And then as a student pastor, like leading a student ministry, I've been thinking, what are some of the things that we've done 
and ministry that we're going to keep with us as we journey into the next six months. And one of the things for us, because we're in Michigan, we have this thing called snow days where school is canceled because of the weather. Um, I'm from California, so snow days are still delightful and amazing. Uh, (laughs) One of the things that in this age of like COVID and digital ministry and Zoom, I'm like, hey, do we actually need to cancel everything when there's a snow day anymore? Like we might like maybe Zoom ministry online is something that we continue that we take with us. Um, what about what have you seen in your context? What are some of the things that you want to continue to lean into in the next six months? Yeah, so uh, one of those things is our switch online service. So that's now a full time service that happens every Thursday night. Either you can't make it to the building because you've been quarantined or you have football practice or you're staying with your other parents. So every Thursday night, if you can't make our Wednesday night service in person, you can check out our Thursday night service online. Now, the neat thing about that is because it's an online service. Well, we actually, for the first time ever, will have our switch youth ministry the week of Thanksgiving on Wednesday night when everyone's either at home or at their grandma's house and every teenager across the world has their phone in their hand, we will actually be streaming a service they can participate in. So they can invite their cousins to it. They can invite their friends to it. And we're going to do the same thing the week of Christmas. We're going to do the same thing on the week of New Year's, actually on New Year's Eve, we're going to stream a live service. So traditionally where we say, okay, we're going to take this time off. We're actually going to provide an opportunity for students to engage and connect. Uh, One of the things we did a few weeks ago is we did a 24 hour Twitch stream was amazing. We had over 3,900 people hop on and view and take part of that. And the neat thing about that is it started at 6.30 on a Friday night, which traditionally we can't do anything for 6.30 to 6.30 on Saturday night in a building because we have a service that starts at 4 p.m. on Saturdays at most of our locations. But because it was online, we were able to host kids from all around the world to hang out. And the amazing thing about it is, man, they just loved it. They were thankful that the opportunity to connect and hang out with kids or other ages, we started Bible reading plans. And it was crazy what God did through that 24 hours. Uh, I was thinking for maybe those that are listening, that doing online ministry isn't their strength or they don't have the staffing for it. What have been some like resources that either you guys have put out or that you've used for uh, maybe student pastors that are thinking like, hey, how do I even, where do I start if if that's not an area that they've leveraged or feel confident in? Yeah, the best place to start is actually with you and what you have. Uh, if you've got a phone, you're ready to do digital ministry. Um, if you don't have a phone, then you've got a student who's got a phone who wants to be the next Christopher Nolan and they're ready to do student ministry to help you out. You personally don't have to be the expert. I actually encourage you to grab a hold of your students and ask them how they can reach their friends. One of the reasons that we're on Twitch is because so many of our friends said, kids said they love the game and they love to hang out and we should hop on Twitch. So we hopped on Twitch and now we're on Twitch four nights a week, playing video games with students, hosting Bible studies, having conversations and telling people about Jesus during those times. The reason it works is because in this day and age in which Gen Z is a bunch of publishers, they want to put out information. So you don't need a fancy camera crew. You don't need a light person. You don't need a sound person. What you have is everything you need. And I don't know anyone in youth ministry that doesn't have some type of mobile device, who doesn't have some type of phone. Um, If you are in youth ministry and you don't have a phone, you should probably go get a phone. 
So for instance, you don't have to be the best gamer. I'm not a gamer at all, but I found students and youth pastors who were gamers and who loved to do those things. And so the rig that we used to host Twitch and play video games was one of them was actually just one of our youth pastors, personal rig that he already had. Right. So most people have all the things you need. We had a volunteer come up here and bring his rig and it was amazing. Just it was the most souped up computer I've ever seen in my entire life, but it was completely that of a volunteer. So you don't have to go out there and buy these things. If you simply ask the questions, I promise you there's a student or a leader or someone in your church who has these things and has been waiting for a time like this to be able to use them and make it happen. So one of the things we've been learning through COVID is when we entered into like crisis mode of how do we do this new thing that we don't understand, we, we saw what we were good at and like our agility and our ability to hustle and figure it out and solve problems. But then it seemed like a lot of the gaps that we knew were there before this also became more clear. What uh, have you experienced at Life Church with your staff where, hey, here's where we really came together around a few things. And then here's where things where it was like, oh, it was really hard to stay together and figure out how to move forward in some of this. Yeah. One of the things that we were really good at the first was we were great at just taking the content that existed and putting it online. We were already doing that. But one of the things that we didn't do well was the follow up. We were great at following up in person. So like literally, I remember like four weeks in, we had a service and someone said, hey, man, how many people gave their life to Christ last night? And I was like, I don't know. Like we didn't. Did someone count? Did someone capture? Did someone get their name? Did someone get their information? And I was like, no. But I mean, we asked for it in the chat and I saw a couple of, you know, fist bump emojis saying that they gave their life to Christ. And so it's one of the reasons that we had to go back and create an entirely new follow up procedure that worked well for the digital platform. We recognized that, hey, we had new kids who were coming, who were following us on Instagram and following us on YouTube, but we weren't connecting them to small groups. And everyone knows if you're in youth ministry, connecting kids to peer-to-peer relationships and a great adult mentor and small group leader is part of what you do. But we weren't doing that in the digital space. So again, we had to stop. We had to really reevaluate and create systems and structures around how do we get students to follow up in small groups? How do we follow up with kids who said yes to Jesus Christ? Yes, it's online, but yes, we can follow up with them. Some of our leaders started coming to us and saying things like, hey, my kids don't want to do Zoom anymore. They've had to do it for school. And we had to teach them, hey, this is actually how you facilitate a small group. It's not about the space. So then we had to start teaching leaders, hey, play Fortnite together and talk about your questions while they're playing Fortnite. I guarantee you they'll show up for that. You say they're not responding to your text, ask them what their favorite candy bar is so you can leave it on their porch. I promise you they'll respond to that. So again, there were gaps that we saw all over the place. Some of them would just show up randomly and we had to readjust, reteach ourselves, then reteach our leaders how to make those things happen. That's good. A candy bar on the front porch. I love it. Um, one of my favorite things is t- getting a teen to respond back with a meme to describe their day. I, they'll do it. They love it. They love memes. Um, all that stuff. But what about, let's talk about parents for a second. Like you've had a lot of um, engagement online and getting kids plugged into groups. What have you found helpful with helping to connect to families during this time where families are just feeling stressed out and overwhelmed and navigating decisions about school? Um, any tips for those of us that are trying to do, do a better job of that parent partnership? 
Yeah. One of the things that we started doing even before this went down is we started addressing our parents not to simply inform them, but to help them take a personal next step. We believe that anytime parents could grow in their relationship with Christ, it was great for the entire family. And so when we email parents or text parents, it wouldn't be like, hey, join us on Instagram or join us on Facebook or, hey, it's sports night. It would be like, hey, here's a story of what God's done in the life of a student. And then it would have a next step so that God could do that kind of work in their life or encourage them to take the next step. Well, we just translated that to the digital space. So God continued to move and do lives in the work of students from students who were hopping on and doing our Instagram or Facebook live and they give their lives to Christ. And we'd share that story through an invite. And then we'd tell parents, hey, how are you inviting someone? How are you sharing your faith? How is God using your story? So we would encourage them to post on their social media how God was using them in their lives. We'd encourage them because we knew when you share your faith that God does something through that. We also decided to take our Facebook page and make it totally 100% tourist driven in an audience like it's for parents. So instead of speaking to the Facebook audience like it's one or three kids who might be on there listening, we said, no, we're going to talk to this audience like it's parents because we recognize that there are some parents who do not allow their middle school kids to have a phone or to do anything social media, but their parents have it. So if we could communicate and talk to the parents in a space that was just theirs. Uh, we also have a Facebook group for parents for our entire church. So whether you're the parent of a high school or the parent of a newborn, we created a groups uh, for that. And what's cool about that is after those groups, we created small groups of parents who met together online digitally to say, hey, man, who would like to meet? And so we formed small groups out of that because you had parents who were homeschooling for the first time. But in that same group, you had parents who had homeschooled their entire life. So we made the connections. And out of that, we've still got several groups of parents who don't live in the same state, don't live in the same city, but still connect and have these bonding relationships. So again, if you can connect your parents to one another, if you can help give your parents great resources like access resources to help understand the situations or better understand their kid, you're going to help them grow not only in their walk and their faith, but in their parenting. And we all know that partnering with parents is one of the greatest things that we can do in youth ministry because the parents are the ones who spend the majority of the time with the kids. So we try to be real intentional about taking continuous next steps with partnering with parents. We have not been perfect along the way, but we just continue to say, hey, we will do anything that we can to partner with parents. So what does it look like to partner and lead staff right now? So you're, you're the leader of a, quite a few staff. It's been a really challenging year. What, what does it look like to encourage, support, equip your staff in this uh, season? Yeah. So one of the things we did before this is we had a monthly youth pastor call. Uh, first Tuesday of, of every month, we'd all get together, hang out for about an hour and a half. And I get to speak to everyone, the staff. And I feel as a leader, one of the most important things that you can do is let your staff know how much you care. And that just doesn't start with you just simply saying it, but the actions that you do in and throughout. So how are you actually reaching out to your staff on a regular basis? And so one of the things did throughout this time was I was texting my staff daily, not all, not all of them, but I would text one or two every single day. I'd also post that email out every morning and say, Hey, my uh, zoom room will be open from 9am till 11. And then again, from three to four. So if you want to hop in there, have a conversation, 
just hop in there and talk while you're doing your work because you've got to provide that opportunity and that access to say, hey, listen, man, not only do I care, but I'm going to reach out and check on you and I'm going to provide access for all of us just to hang out at different times. And what's cool about that is that's what the things that they still do and began to do for their leaders. Like, hey, hey, my Zoom room's open. So if you're having a rough day or you just need someone to talk, or you want to sip coffee while I sip coffee, come hang out in Zoom. And so some days you'd have one person come in and it just felt God just ordained. Like he was like, hey, you and them need to have this conversation. And then some days you'd have like 15 youth pastors in there and you're just goofing off and having a whole bunch of fun. And it was just what everyone needed. But again, you got to provide those opportunities for people to show that you care. But at the same time, what I really had to do was say, hey, guys, we're moving forward. Like, it's obvious the world's not going to be the same. And I love and care for you enough to let you know that we're moving forward. I want you to move forward with you. So developing them and training them and helping them see, hey, here's the deal. You got to make sure your own social media. You got to make sure that you're connecting with your parents. You got to make sure that you're training your leaders and you're having coffee with them through Zoom because you can't go to a coffee shop. So not only can you have to personally care for them, but as a great leader recognizes and knows, you got to let them know the exact situation that's going on and that the fact that we can't stay here and we have to move forward. And are you, um, I love that the Zoom room hangout time with you, um, the virtual coffee texting leaders every day, maybe not all of them, but it's a practice that you've implemented um, and your heart for just giving people the opportunity to have access to relationships with as staff, with students, with parents. Um, I want to ask you about recruiting real quick because we have a, you have a lot of campuses, a lot of students, and I've, I've heard from so many student pastors during this season that a lot of um, a lot of them are stretched thin and some of them are saying no to returning to serving or um, it's just been real hard for a lot of student pastors to recruit leaders during this time. What are just some um, advice or tips that you have for for doing that, for building your team in a time that's a little bit more complicated than normal? Yeah, uh, the first thing I'd say is it's going to be OK. Like this time isn't a shock to God and God chose you to lead through this time. So you need to know it's going to be okay. The second thing I would say is this. If someone's a part of your student ministry and they've chosen not to come back, let's just say they're not down with wearing masks in public. I, I don't know. And they say, you got to wear a mask to come back. My question would be, hey, are you still hanging out with your students? Do you still want to be involved in their life? And if their answer is yes, then I would tell them, well, you're still a youth leader in our ministry. Because if you can do that through Zoom, then that's great. You don't have to come back to the building to do that. And so, so many of our leaders were just like in awe that we said that. They thought, what? Because beforehand, it was like, well, if you don't show up on Wednesday, then you're not a switch leader. And we were like, that might have been the case. But we had to expand what it meant to be a switch leader. So we literally said, hey, our small groups now meet whenever. Yes, we have a Wednesday night ministry when we are back in the building. And yes, the majority of our small groups might meet then. But some of you are dedicated and you love your students, and maybe you had to change jobs, or maybe you're just not comfortable wearing a mask, or whatever it may be, but all I need you to know is if you still love Jesus, and you still love students, and you still want to be a, a leader in youth, then you are. The next thing is we recognize is that, hey, there are a ton of people who've been waiting for this moment to serve in the digital space, and so we had to give them that opportunity to make it happen, and so we just started reaching out to those people, right? We just started making phone calls, and while we were talking to people and checking on people and seeing how they were doing, 
those who sounded like they were thriving and excited, we would just simply ask the question, hey, how do you feel about leading a Zoom group? How do you feel about taking that next step? So in the same way, showing care to someone is seeing how they're doing. It's also showing care for someone to let them use the gifts and talents that God has given them. Right. And so it'd be weird for me to hold someone back for what God wants to do in their life because I don't think it's the right time. And so literally we just started asking people. And so we would host and we would do the same thing that we've always done, except we do it all online. Oh, that's great. You want to serve, Joe? Man, love it. I'm going to send you this application because you got to have a background check. Right. And then I'm going to sit down and meet with you. But instead of in person, it's going to be over Zoom. And I'm going to get to know you and your story. You get to know me and my story and our mission of our church and what we do here in youth ministry. And then I'm going to take you to some onboarding lessons. And the nice thing about it is since it doesn't have to be on a time, Joe, whatever works for you, we can do it over Zoom and we can just meet. And that's what we did. And we began to onboard leaders that way. And then Joe would be like, here's the deal. I got five other friends just like me. Right. And so the difference is, is that instead of just assuming we were waiting for things to go back to normal, we chose to take a proactive approach and say, hey, here's the deal. There are people out there who want to be a part of our ministry. You can post about it on social media. There are people who adults who follow your student ministry IG handle. One, because they think it's really cool. And then two, because they just really love student ministry. So why not reach out to them and put things out there that say, hey, you know, you want to be a small group leader, connect with us and then onboard them. So like the traditional ways may not work of standing in the lobby and waiting for someone to come out. Why? Because some people who want to come to church, well, they can't because a coworker had COVID and everyone's got policies that say something like, all right, well, I know you don't have it, but you can't come to work for 10 days. Matter of fact, you can't go anywhere for 10 days. Go home and quarantine yourself. Right. But guess what? Quarantine people can lead small groups online. They don't have to leave their house. So if you think of it in a completely different uh, context, what I've been saying is you've got to rethink how you've done ministry. Do the same principles apply? Yes. If you want to hang out with students, you got to have two adults. So that's in person or digital. But I can talk to you face to face or I can talk to you on a Zoom call. I can have coffee with you on a Google Hangout or I can have coffee with you at a coffee shop. The difference is, is that, hey, one's using technology in a different way. Yeah, we continue to learn the the principle of meet people where they are and help yeah. them find their way to get involved, to say yes. COVID has actually forced us to be more flexible with that principle and to actually put it into practice. And so that's one of the exciting things about this disruption is it says, hey, no, if we've resisted this thing for these reasons, does it actually stay true to the principles that we have of wanting to... to make it possible for everyone to serve, for everyone to get connected. And so that's, thanks for sharing those insights. Um, what, uh, what encouragement would you give to leaders right now in student ministry as they continue to navigate like the startup of school season, the reality of COVID still being real, but like kind of a new pattern for what it means to be a leader. What, what encouragement do you have for uh, people who love teenagers out there? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. This is what I'd say. It's going to be okay. God's got you. It's not like this happened a few months back and God looked at Jesus or the Holy Spirit and was like, hey, did anybody see this coming? Because uh, I got Joe over here at such and such church and I, I didn't see this coming. I would have put Joe there. No, God knew. God called you, God equipped you, and God prepared you for such a time as this to pastor, to lead, to care for the students, for the youth, and for the parents of your ministry. 
So it's going to be okay. Because remember, God didn't call you to kill you. God called you to use you to make a difference in the lives of students in your community and all over the world. So here's the deal. If I can say one thing to you is God's got you and it's going to be okay. So keep your head up, stay prayed up, and allow God to continue to use you to make a difference in this world. Vince, um, how can people connect with you? Can you share your socials and stuff with us as we wrap up? If people have more questions or they want to follow your Instagram, see what you guys are up to. Yeah, you can follow me personally at Vince L. Parker on Instagram, or you can follow our church youth account at LC Switch. And just check either one of those out and you can get in contact with me. Awesome. What a great conversation with um, Joe Graham from Harbor Churches and Vince Parker from Life Church. Um, Thanks for being with us, everybody. Uh, Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you later.